Pastor Chris's podcast. Well, the world is a crazy place. We see that again and again and again. And if you follow the ways of the world, you will end up in a crazy place. So Jesus gave us a better way. Jesus' way, many, in many ways, contradicts the ways of the world. But I choose Jesus' way, and I hope that you will too. And so over the next couple of months, we're going to be looking at many of the things that Jesus said and did and how they contradict the ways of the world. And as we point those out, I hope that you will notice them and that you will always choose Jesus' way. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, in Jesus' day, people believed in his culture that you worked your way into God's good graces and favor. The more good things you did, the better person you were, the more you earned God's blessings. And so when they looked around, they thought that the wealthier people around them must have really pleased God, and that's why God had blessed them with their wealth. Also, they thought, well, because um, you know, the poorer people in Jesus' community barely had enough just to get themselves by and survive from day to day. They didn't have anything extra to use to do, to do good in their community. Whereas they looked at the wealthier people in their community and they saw, well, these were people who had a little extra that they could give to the poor when they were in need. They could give to the temple and they could um, do good things with their resources. And so... This thing that Jesus said was astonishing. How is it that if the wealthy people can't, uh, if if it's it's hard for them to get into the kingdom of heaven as it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, then how in the world is there any hope at all for us, the poor people? But Jesus said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Because of what God has said. You see, you cannot earn God's favor. You cannot do enough, enough good things to earn God's blessing. And thankfully, you don't have to. Because Jesus Christ came and gave his life for us on the cross, he has already done everything that is needed for you to receive God's salvation and God's blessing. And that's a wonderful good news that we have. Amen? Amen. Well, when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot. We were part of what I would call, we started out as what I would call the lower middle class. And then things got even worse because my parents got divorced and then my mom was trying to take care of four kids all by herself. And she didn't have, to start with, she didn't even have a job. And she certainly didn't have a a college degree or anything like that that would enable her to make an especially good living to take care of a family. So we scraped by on whatever 
little my dedicated, determined mom was able to earn by herself. But one thing that my mom gave me that is far more valuable than anything money can buy is what she told me again and again and again as a child. She said, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that was something that always stuck with me. I always had instilled in me at a core level that I can do anything I put my mind to. And I believed her. No matter what challenge I faced, I believed that I could overcome if I put my mind to it and if I was willing to work hard at it. My mother's wisdom motivated me to surmount some great hurdles in life. While many of the people that I grew up with um, found themselves trapped in a, a city, in a town that was uh, a poor community and has only gotten worse over the last several decades, I left and moved away and went to college. I didn't have any money and, and my mom really couldn't help me much with it, but I was able to put my mind to it and I worked and I got financial aid and I was able to get a degree and uh, put myself in a place to be better off than I was when I was growing up. Many of the people that I grew up didn't, didn't accomplish that. Some of them ended up dealing with drugs and crime. Some of them uh, went to jail and others have died because they didn't make it out. And I did. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the advice my mom gave me that helped encourage me to do that. Now, I always assumed that everyone had the benefit of a mother who told them you can do anything you put your mind, if you put your mind to it. I just thought everyone knew that. It wasn't until I was a pastor at uh, a small mill church in Griffin, Georgia, that I found out differently. Do you know what a mill church is? Do you know what a mill town is? So in the mid-20th century, this was a common thing, a factory would, would uh, build a mill town with houses to house the workers in their factory. They wanted people to be available to work in their factory, so they had to have a place to live. And the mills would often build houses. And they even sometimes would build schools or churches so that the, their employees had a place to go to school or their children to go to school and for them to worship. Highland United Methodist Church in Griffin was a mill church that had been built by the mill for their workers to worship at. The problem was that um, they built the, the mill town and the church in the 50s, and by the 80s, the factory had gone out of business. And so all of the people were still living in the mill town, in the mill village, under the shadow of the skeleton of the factory in which they used to work, which was now abandoned for going on. But when I lived there, it was going on 25 years. The building had not been occupied or used. All the windows were broken. There was trash and junk in the, the yard of the factory. And every day the people would get up and walk out their front door and they would see this dead factory that had, was no longer in existence. And it, it had a psychological effect, I think, on the people that lived there. And one day I remember I was in a Bible study and I was, I was talking with them and I said, you know how your mama used to always say to you, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And they all just looked at me with a, a quizzical look on their face. And I said, didn't your mama ever tell you that? I was like, no, nobody ever told us. 
And so it was a wake-up call for me to realize that not everybody's ever heard that. Some people have, but a lot of people haven't. And so if you're here today or if you're listening, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that you are capable of great things, far more than you realize. We as a church are capable of great things, far more than we ever realize. But I want to do even better than my mom's wisdom. I want to give you Jesus' wisdom. Jesus' wisdom is similar to my mother's wisdom, but even better. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Now, Jesus recognized that there are some things that aren't possible for us. Uh, at 46 years old, almost 47 I'm never going to play professional football. It's just not going to happen. I don't have the skill uh, and, the, and the opportunity. And even if I did, my body would break in a heartbeat trying to be out there doing that. It's just not possible. So even if I put my mind to it, it's not going to happen. I can't walk on water. I could try, but I'll get wet really fast. The laws of nature say that it is impossible for me to walk on water, no matter how hard I try or how I put my mind to it. And I can't earn God's love or salvation. It is impossible. Because no matter how good I am or how hard I try, in the economy of a holy God, the very best things that I can do don't even measure up in the least. I'm so thankful that I don't have to earn God's love or salvation because Christ has already done it for me. Jesus also has the wisdom to know that there are some things that you are capable of doing, but you shouldn't do them because they're, they're not God's will for you. So, for instance... Um, when I was a child, I did want to play professional football. That was a dream that I had. And perhaps, I don't know, if I'd really put my mind to it, if I'd really worked hard at it, um, I might have accomplished that goal. Maybe I could have. But it wasn't God's will for me. And even if I had accomplished it and it wasn't God's will for me, I would not be anywhere near as happy or fulfilled or healthy as I am today because it was not God's will for me. I did have another goal uh, that I did achieve, which was to go to college and get a degree and become a textile engineer. And I was able to do that. But that also was not God's will for me. And so I thankfully uh, learned that and heard God calling me to do something different and was willing to change my path and follow what God wanted for me. And I am so much happier now standing here as a pastor than I would have been if I'd have followed that other career path. Jesus knows that there are some things that you are capable of doing, but they weren't the best thing for you. But the greatest encouragement of all in Jesus' wisdoms comes from knowing that God has a purpose for your life. And it means that your life has meaning and value and purpose that goes so far beyond just your own 
dreams and your own personal fulfillment. Your life, if you follow God's path and his plan for you, your life can have an eternal impact on the world. When you follow God's plan, you will have a lasting legacy on all of eternity. And that's better than anything that you could achieve, no matter how great. I don't care if you are MVP of the NFL for 10 years. It won't amount to a hill of beans. It will go into the dustbin of history if it is not the will of God. And yet if you follow the will of God, even the most minor thing you do will have eternal ramifications. That is both amazing and in truth, it is a bit intimidating to think about. Even if it seems impossible to fulfill your purpose on your own, Jesus says it is possible with God's help. Jesus, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing would be impossible. Matthew 17, verse 20. Nothing is impossible with God. Consider, Peter walked on water. The laws of nature say that it is impossible for a human being to step on water and not sink. And yet Peter did it because the Lord told him to come to him. Now Peter only took two or three steps before he took his eyes off of Jesus and saw the waves and the storm raging around him and he got scared and he began to sink beneath the waves. But guess what? That's two or three steps more than any other human being has ever done on the water. Paul, the apostle, traveled around the world telling people about God, converting thousands despite the fact that so many people hated him and wanted to kill him because he was doing it. Martin Luther, the king, defeated segregation and fought for civil rights in our country. When people thought that it was impossible, with God's help, it was possible. Now that doesn't mean that you can just sit on your butt and let God do all the work. Once you know what God's purpose is for you, you've got to have faith in God and you've got to be totally committed. You've got to work for it and never give up. Because faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel. Perhaps the hardest part of life for some people, though, is finding out what God's purpose for them is. I know that that can be very hard. I have people tell me many times, I would just love to do God's will. I would love to know what his purpose for me is, but I can't figure it out. I don't want to minimize that struggle. I know it's hard. But I think I can share some wisdom this morning that might help you along the path. First of all, let's start with what we know about your purpose. Because God has clearly told us some things. And so we can at least start with that and do that. We know that God's purpose is to save you. In John 3.16, it tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him 
would not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants to save you for eternity. And he wants to save you for a relationship with him. That's what your purpose is at the very core, is to walk with God and talk with him and to know him. And in order to do that, you've got to surrender unconditionally to God. You've got to recognize that your life is not your own. And you have to say to God, I am so sorry, please forgive me for trying to hang on to my life and do things the way I want to do them for the reasons that I want. I surrender it to you. From this day forward, I give you my heart. I pledge you my life. I will follow you. That is the beginning. It is the beginning not only of your eternal salvation, but is the beginning of fulfilling your purpose in life. And you know that that's what God wants. But are you willing? Once you start walking with God, there are some things that you will quickly learn that you know you should do because they are written in God's Word. And they are clearly spelled out. There are many things in Scripture that are difficult to understand. But those aren't the ones that are most disturbing. The things in Scripture that are most disturbing are the things that we know God wants us to do. But we have a hard time doing them because they don't always necessarily match up with what we want. But we know, for example, in Scripture that you are to love your neighbor. This is God's will. You know that God's will for you is to control your tongue, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. You know also that God doesn't want you to steal or murder or cheat or lie or slander or gossip or boast. These are things that we know are God's will for us because it tells us so in the Bible. When you are obedient and you do what you know God wants you to do, he begins to reveal some things that you don't know, like his specific purpose for you as an individual. So start by doing what you know and have faith that the rest will be revealed at the right time. I love the scripture in the psalm um, where it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. That is a beautiful picture of learning God's will for you. Understand, when you walk with a lamp, it doesn't shine a spotlight that goes out for miles and miles. It only lights the path that's right in front of you, maybe just a few steps ahead. God's word is a lamp that lights our path. It gives you enough clarity that you can take a few steps without stumbling and falling. And as you walk, the light pro progresses farther. And you begin to see farther and farther how you want to go. And that's how God's will for us works in the Scripture. God shows us the next few steps that we need to take. And as we take them, we see a few steps more. That's the way it worked for me. I started out with my mother's wisdom. You can do anything you put your mind to. But then a particular failure in my teenage years brought me to my knees and I turned to God. And I started out small, simply walking with God by reading one chapter of his scripture 
every day as I went to bed. And then I started going to church with Kelly when we started dating. And then I began to try to live the way I knew God wanted me to live. I started serving in ways that I felt God was asking me to serve. Volunteering first for, uh, uh, to help my youth director with the youth program at our church. And then singing in the choir on Sunday mornings. From there, God began to reveal more and more about his will for my life. Eventually, I heard him calling me into full-time ministry. And my journey's not over yet. I still have to walk the path that God puts before me. I can't see years into the future and what God may want me to do. All I know is the steps that he has for me to take in the next few days, few weeks. And so I just keep walking. I keep following my Lord. And as I do, he reveals his purpose for me, and I try to do it. Whatever God calls you to do, I pray that you will do it with all your heart, as if you were doing it for God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Martin Luther King Jr. put it this way. He said, If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets as a Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, Here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. The more you live for God, the more God will reveal his purposes for you, and the more people will notice that there's something special about this person. Perhaps they will even begin to open doors for you that will lead you further and further into the future that God has planned for you. But it all starts with a simple choice and commitment to surrender your life and let it be God's life lived through you as you follow his will for you. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible.